Welcome to the Whole Equestrian Podcast, where we're bridging the gap between riding and wellness, discussing topics related to mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. Our mission is to promote health and happiness through our love of horses. I'm Emily Hamill, an international five-star level eventer, dedicated practitioner of yoga, Pilates, and meditation, personal development enthusiast, and plant-strong athlete recording in my home base of Aiken, South Carolina. And I am Dr. Tyler Held, a certified mental performance consultant and mostly retired five-star groom. Um, I'm a lifelong learner in the areas of mindset, positive thinking, and motivation. I am a gym owner and a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and of course my added crafter to my little bio there. Um, actually, I, I opened an Etsy shop yesterday to sell some Did of you? my crappy crafts that I do, so I'm excited about that. Um, nice. And I'm recording from my home base in Chester County, Pennsylvania. But Great. Yeah, the Etsy shop's up. It, I called it Below Average Designs because <laughs> my, um, my latest project has been crocheting these animals, and I'm really bad at it, so they, like, come out, like, semi-terrifying. Um, so I actually have one right here. This is, like, this cat. Oh, that yeah, that looks like something you might see in a nightmare, but um, <laughs> you can buy it on Etsy, so that's you, cool. You can buy it on Etsy. I'll link it. I'll link my Wow, um, you're really it. selling your new, new shop. Um, (laughs) all right, so let's get back on track. Uh, we'd like to welcome you or welcome you back to the whole equestrian podcast. As we said in our intro, our mission is to promote health and happiness through our love of horses. And we do this by having conversations about being more well-rounded individuals via our pillars, mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. We've updated our format to allow for more guest episodes, but I still plan to jump on when I can. In the meantime, I hope you've been enjoying Tyler's episodes with industry professionals. I know I have. Well, thank you. And I've been having honestly like a lot of fun doing them. Um, and I got a lot of really positive feedback. I I feel like um, not to sh- crap on anyone else's podcast, but a, a lot of the podcasts are like, here's this five-star rider and here's their story. And the last three episodes that I've had, yes, one of them was a five-star rider. Um, but I also talked to like some of my friends that have been grooms and um, Alexa, who groomed and managed and rode for a long time and is now kind of out on her own doing her own thing, not in the horse world. And so it's been really interesting to get just like some feedback from people that are on the front lines, right? It's, it's, it's different to be at the top of the sport and still kind of climbing the ladder. So it's been really fun for me to talk to those inter- individuals, reflect, and um, again, really enjoying those conversations. So looking to put out more episodes like that. Um, This month, we're going to kind of circle back to our mindset, fitness, nutrition community sort of framework. And we are going to talk about the topic of the aging equestrian, which um, if you're over 40 and you're listening to this, you're probably like, what do Tyler and Emily have to say about the aging equestrian? But please bear with us. Um, There's actually a lot that I've been listening to in my personal studies um, regarding how your values change and your life changes with the season. And that's something that happens every five years, right? It's not a over 60 plus type thing. And so, you know, the aging equestrian also alludes to the fact that when Emily and I started this 
it was over five years ago. Um, and a lot of the philosophies and frameworks that we live our lives by have changed. So just kind of having a conversation about that and how we've adapted some of the strategies that maybe we gave advice on five years ago, that's outdated now. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, so I'm excited to get into this. I, yeah. uh, so I guess we have a couple things to touch on and then we can jump right in. Yeah, because this is actually our first episode that we're recording together in 2024. So we have not got a chance to tell our listeners about our word of the year for 2024 or our goals for 2024. So I'm curious, let's start with word of the year um, and then talk to me about some of the goals that you've set for yourself. Sure. So my word of the year is achieve. And uh, I mean, I guess it's relatively self-explanatory. Like I just would, I have some things that I would like to achieve this year. Uh, I made the developing rider program. So that was like a huge achievement for me. Um, and then there's some opportunities related to that, uh, like doing a European tour that I hope to achieve. And also, um, you know, I continue to improve with my five-star horse Corvette, uh, AKA Barry, you know, so we're, I'm, I'm looking to achieve like some even better results. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's pretty much my word. And then as, and my goals, I kind of talked about that a little bit as I was explaining my word, but yeah, um, taking advantage of all the opportunities that I can in the development program. Um, yeah, there's a lot of access to more coaching and um, traveling opportunities, uh, being able to be part of a team for a Nations Cup, all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, those are those are kind of where my goals are at and uh, feeling pretty good about it. So what about you? What's your word? So I, I think we had texted back a, a little bit about, I'm not really sure what my word of the year should be. Um, and I'm thinking it should be grounded. And I did end up going with that. So love it. Me, like grounded. It's, it elicits a lot of emotion, feeling and imagery as well. You know, I always think of when you're doing balancing poses in yoga and you're supposed to think about like roots growing from your feet and grounding you into the mat. And that's what keeps your balance and keeps your center. And I feel like I've got a lot of stuff in my life this year that could potentially throw me off balance, um, in the emotional specter. Um, my dad was diagnosed with cancer, um, pretty aggressive form of cancer right before the holiday season this year. Um, I'm getting married in June, which is a good positive thing, but like also wedding stress is, is real. So um, there's just like a lot of stuff going on and I still have my competitive goals, but I don't want to have those be overshadowing the other important stuff that's going on in my life. So for instance, um, usually I cut a few pounds for 
a tournament and that causes a lot of stress and it feels the opposite of grounded, right? When I'm trying to lose five pounds for a tournament. Um, so I made the decision for my mental and physical health to move up a weight class this year and just not cut weight and accept that I might get someone much bigger than me in the class. Um, I again, this, this is, we don't need to get into the specifics, but ideally you'd be in the top of your weight class. Cause then you're like mm-hmm. the biggest and you don't have to get someone bigger than you and that's what happens like when I cut the five pounds it's like I'm gonna be one of the biggest people in that weight class but now I get maybe I'll be one of the smaller people in my weight class but I'll be eating good before then and I'll be energized and fun so yeah um yeah so that's kind of my word of the year I love that I want to meditate more I've kind of fallen off my meditation um practices and I feel like that goes with Mm -hmm. ground well um And then in terms of goals, I am interested to say that I have not really sat down with my goals this year um, and I'm feeling good about it, right? There's so much that happens for me naturally in my life. Um, I mean, of course, I've got the goals of growing and expanding both of my businesses, my gym, my practice. Um, I've made some really good strides that even in the first month of the year, just put a lot of ep- uh, updates on the whole equestrian.com slash sports psychology and a lot more information about my accessibility and my practice. Um, but something that I'm working on a lot with my clients and something that I'm trying to focus on myself, which actually is going to tie into the conversation that we're having today is goals are like points on a map, right? We set them and we're like, here's this goal, here's this goal, here's this goal. But what's really driving our action towards those goals is having really clearly defined values. And what's cool about that is that if I set the goal of going to Los Angeles, I'm going to go to Los Angeles and it's like, cool, I achieved that goal. Now what? But if I just say, I really want to go West this year, I'm going to be able to continue going West regardless of what happens, either good or bad on my journey, right? I might, my, might far exceed my expectations of going to Los Angeles, or I can take a few steps West and feel like I'm still working on that value and acting in accordance with myself and what I'm interested in and what I'm going towards. Um, So I value my health. I value my you know, mental, mental, physical, all that stuff. I I value my ability to work hard. I value all these things that I can be working on without clearly defined goals. Um, And it's really refreshing to kind of view it that way. And I do want to do a little bit of a revamp of some of my values. And I've got plans for a little bit of like worksheets and journaling that I'm going to do for myself that again, are, uh, practices that I do with my clients as well. But that's kind of my my stance on goals for 2024 right now. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in that same boat. Like I, you know, and it's funny how we've evolved because talking about the aging equestrian, I think the first year we were so like, these are our goals. And it was like 20 for 20, 20 goals for 2020 or whatever. And now we're just like, well, we're working towards things. It's not like we don't have goals, but they might not be as specific as uh, they once were. And again, just like working towards something um, that you value, I think is, is great advice. And 
you know, obviously there is times when you need specific goals to work towards, but sometimes just that general idea is uh, of working towards a value is, is really a great perspective, I think. Yeah. And um, it's funny that you say that because and you bring up the goals like it was 19 goals for 2019 was our first year. Ah, okay. Right? Yes. And one of my goals was like to finish every book that I start. Right. Like mm-hmm. and byproduct of that ended up being reading 52 nonfiction books. Right. So I right. set the goal of I jump around too much. Like I don't finish books like I just want to read books cover to cover. And it turned into this thing. And looking back, it was well, was I reading the books to process the information and to be in the moment? Or was I reading it for the dopamine of hitting the, I just read a book this week. I just read a book this week. I just read a book this week. Yeah. And so funny because I started, I do always kind of like on Goodreads set like a, a book per year goal. And so, mm-hmm. you know, after the 52, I think last year I did or 2022, I did like 22 books, ended up reading like 25. Last year I did 25, ended up reading 30. This year I put 30 as like the goal on Goodreads. And there was a couple really good books that came out. And so I read a lot, like in the first month of the year, like, I think I'm already seven books into the year just because it was just like, I wanted to read, read, read. And I caught myself being like, well, I'm, se- I'm already seven books in and it's like less than seven weeks into the year. Like I could easily read 52 books this year. And I'm like catching yeah. myself saying, what, <laughs> what's the point in reading 52 books? Is it because you just want to say that you read 52 books or are you actually enjoying the process? And so right. if I enjoy the books that I'm reading and as a byproduct, I have a really big list of books that I've read great, wonderful, but I'm not going to get back into that zone of just forcing uh, to, to hit a dopamine, hit a goal. Mm-hmm. And that is the dark side of goals, I think, mm-hmm. is something that's just a short blast of dopamine that's not really long lasting and not really serving us in our holistic way. Um, and I would argue that kind of echoes how you felt after Kentucky of like, okay, I did the thing. I checked yeah. the box. A hundred percent. It's funny that you say that. Cause I was thinking that as you were talking, I was like, you know, when your whole, like your goal for your life is to do a five-star at Kentucky and then you do it, <laughs> you're like, okay, well, that was cool. But I think the low on the backside was worse. You know, it's like, I, I got that huge dopamine rush and then just like a crash after like, okay, what is my life now? I accomplished my goal. <laughs> so yeah, my, life, my life's work is over, but uh, my life's yeah, what next? Um, but anyway, back to books. I think a uh, great segue into our favorite, well, one of our favorite sections books, books, books. <laughs> Definitely not on time. No, you don't. I didn't necessarily set that up, I didn't tee that up as well as I should have. That's okay, but um, yeah, so I'm currently reading a book that's pretty good. I'm not that far into it, but since we haven't done an episode in a while, I think the last book that I read, I haven't talked about yet. And I really loved it and would recommend it to anyone who hasn't read it. Um, it's the alchemist by Paulo Colo. Have you read that? Yeah. 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 Remember when I was like, I felt like the calling to read to. Yes. Okay. That was, I read it because I was like, I felt a calling to read this 
then it was all about like hearing a calling and stuff. It's, it's a page turner. You'll get to oh, it. Oh, it's pretty- great. Yeah. Oh yeah. I finished it quickly. Like I'm done with it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. The other book is the one that I'm not going to talk about, but maybe mm-hmm. next time I'll talk about, but yeah, I thought the alchemist was so good and it's just like, it's an easy read, but it's really meaningful. You know, it's basically about this guy who's like searching for his life's meaning and you know, the it, it's just it's a great great book um I don't really need to say a whole lot because I think uh anyone who hasn't read it should read it again quick read uh I think we would both recommend it so yeah well and actually circling back to my goals for last year one of my goals that I didn't achieve I've been learning Portuguese right and I wanted to mm-hmm. read a in Portuguese. Um, and it's just like, I, I, I'm really good at like the stories on my Duolingo app and stuff. Like yeah. I can read them pretty well, but I, I just didn't find the right like book. And I actually just downloaded like a book that I can listen to, to learn Portuguese, to help me along because I've gotten good at the lessons and I can do all the matching words, but I think I'm at the point where I need to hear it a little bit more, yeah. to put the pieces together. Um, and the alchemist is on my list of, I would love to be able to read that in Portuguese because I believe the author is from I, Brazil. I am pretty sure you're right about that. Um, yeah. And that'd be cool because you've already read the book in English. So maybe it'd be easier to like follow. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. So maybe I'll read that again this year in Portuguese and fill nice. one of my books from last year in this year. Cool. What have you been reading? Oh my gosh, Emily. I feel like I fell like deep into the world of fantasy over the last, <laughs> right? Like I, I, I talked about, God, it's been like two years since I first picked up that random fantasy book at an airport um, mm-hmm. and read through it like my high school self reading Twilight at after I got it at the midnight book release, whatever. Yeah. Um, there's an author... Sarah J. Mass that has three different series and they're all really good. And I'm at the point where it's like, oh, all the worlds from all the books collide and and there's like oh. like different timelines. And I'm these are like some of the books are 900 pages. Uh, I, I I legit read the last release um is Crescent City Book Three. I think I read it in like four days and it was like 850 pages um it's really good like I one of the other podcasts that I listen to has been doing this thing where they give permissions at the end and honestly it's it's quite similar where um it's my CrossFit podcast and and five Mm -hmm. years ago we're talking track this measure this achieve goal, do this. And, and now they've kind of changed the tone to the point of all of that is so that you can live your life. Um, yeah. and they do this section where they give you permission to do something that maybe you feel like you can't do because you're subscribing to a certain prescription of life and a certain way of being. And one of their permissions recently was the permission to read fiction. And that's something that I feel like I started to give myself permission to do last year Mm -hmm. um, and I was reading more fiction print books and then listening to my nonfiction audio books. And I, again, the set, I think all seven books that I've read this year are like Sarah J Mass. There's another author in there. 
um, fourth wing, really good. Um, but yeah, I'm reading like all her series. So I have, I think three more of her books to read. And then I'm actually at the point where I'm like, I want a memoir or something yeah. like that. I need, I need a little like break away from fantasy because I'm deep in the world right now. Yeah. Well, it's funny how things change. So yeah. I actually <laughs> might like the one there's like the of the three series, there's one that you might really like. So, okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll give you the, the first, I have the whole series in print. Um, that's, this is the other thing that I did for myself this year. I bought myself a Kindle for Christmas and I've been mm-hmm. very hesitant to do that because I really do like physical copies of books, right. but the 800 page books really hurt your hands while you're <laughs> heavy. And I read like so many 800 page books that I'm like, my hands hurt and these are like hard <laughs> to deal with. So I bought a Kindle. And I'm, I love it. Yeah. Like I, I absolutely love it. So good. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Cause I've been hesitant on the Kindle too, but then at some point you're like, I love a physical book, but they take up space and you know. Yeah. Yeah. And the, so the paper white Kindle does really like it, it, lo- it reads like paper. It's not like reading on your phone. So like the screen yeah. is actually like paper. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I just went down to New Orleans and I was finishing one 800 page book and taking another and it was all in this little yeah. guy. And then I also have like a few, I've been reading some sports psychology books and it's nice to like be able to bounce back and forth. Like on the plane, I read yeah. 30 minutes of nonfiction and then jumped back into my fiction and it's all in your pocket. So it might be worth investing. Okay. I'll, I'll definitely consider it. I think you may have sold me on it. So, like <sighs> Emily. Okay, let's get into it. Get out your walker and your cane. We're talking yep. about changing a question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does seem kind of funny because it's like we're not that old, but we have been in the industry so long. Like we are aging. It's a true thing, and I think we are far enough on our journey that like a lot has changed, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm turning 30 this year, guys, like really, really old. Actually, um, this is a funny side note. Uh, I got a client who was somewhat older um, and I was talking to her about my favorite sports psychology book is The Inner Game of Tennis. Mm-hmm. And I say it was an old book and she's like, don't say old um, <laughs> because it's probably not that. I don't even know what year it came out, but I just yeah. know the copy that I have, the pages are yellow and I got it on like thrift books. Right. Um, anyways, funny side note, but with the aging equestrian, again, kind of alluded to it, kind of started to introduce it, but it really ties into this conversation of goals and values and what you want out of your life. And I think a very common equestrian motif is this is what I wanted for myself when I was 10 years old, watching riders go around Kentucky and getting stuck into the mindset of what success could and should look like. And again, echoing some of the guests that I've had on the podcast, there is um, tension between well, here's the goals and here's the changing priorities that I have in my life, right? Like I'm getting married this year. When I first started working, I, 
I think it was who wrote good writers get good. Is that, that's like Denny Emerson's book, right. Or something like that. Um, something we could fact check it, but we'll just, yeah. yeah. How good writers get good. There's like literally a story in that book where he puts like two writers side by side and he says, um, you know, here's the writer that breaks up with her boyfriend and I'm paraphrasing, but breaks up with her boyfriend, moves to the East Coast, really in it gets involved in eventing and the sport and she's able to achieve her goals, right? That's how good riders get good. And there's another rider whose husband is in the military and she moves to Alaska and she still rides horses, but there's no eventing. So she's limiting herself just based on her life choices. And legitimately, I broke up with my college boyfriend <laughs> and a half years because I was like, you're going to hold me back in my career, like <laughs> venting seriously. And Good writers get good told me that I can't have relationships. And if I still had that mindset and that priority, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be getting married this year. Right. Like it just wouldn't right. be happening. Uh I did fact check it and it is Denny Emerson. So Denny Emerson. So nothing against Denny yeah. Emerson. I loved the book, but like maybe, you know, I did break up. And again, there was other things wrong with the relationship, but like advice from riders seriously right so I'm like yeah I want to get good how riders how good riders get good like I want to yeah. do I'll follow the path um gosh it just I don't know so much to yeah. be said about but I mean yeah there's so you know there is obviously truth to that especially when you're younger right like and again things change but I broke up with a boyfriend when I moved out to Phillips same reason I was like I don't want to be like you know, feel like I'm held back and I want to be able to like make the best decisions for my riding. And so I think at some point in your life, it probably not saying that you can't have a boyfriend, but like if they're not, uh, or girlfriend or significant other, whatever, but like, um, if they're not fully supportive and allowing you to do what you need to do to get where you want to go, like, you know, there's that to consider. So, yeah. So again, I think we could easily ramble on. Um, but I think, you know, there's pieces here about talk, taking care of our body in different ways, adjusting to new wants and needs. And I think the best way to do that is to kind of just go down our pillars and yeah. talk about the different mindset, the different, um, you know, relationship with fitness, maybe different nutrition type things. Um, and, and obviously community is a big factor as well. Um, so starting with mindset again, not to sound like a broken record, um, set your goals, but be clear about your values. You have to really recheck in with those values yearly. And I honestly, the life, if your values are the same when you're 16 as when you're 30, I think that's really a sign that you're stagnant, right? Values are meant to grow and change. And when you start to value other relationships in your life over your athletic performance, it does start to look a little bit differently. And I don't think it's a one versus the other type thing. But I mean, Emily, you're you're a great example of chasing the five stars and doing all of this stuff of that's wonderful and high performing, um, but it's not because you're in the barn until 11 o'clock at night every day yeah. just 
working away and working hard. So um, I'd love to, to hear your thoughts about, about that. Yeah. I mean, I think evolving values is like a huge part of it. Right. Um, And it, and it does change and you shouldn't be afraid of it changing. Um, Yeah. I, I, I don't really know what else it's just like, you know, I know personally I've changed a whole lot and especially it's almost like after I achieved my goal of the five star, then things kind of my values shifted in a way because I was so focused on that goal that like my values maybe were a little bit different. And then once I reached that goal and realized that it was cool, but like, I don't want to say it wasn't fulfilling, but like it, the fulfillment didn't last as long as I thought, you know, then you kind of start questioning your values. And I think that that was part of the, uh, part of the like downside of, or I should say the backside of the five-star. Cause like, I definitely went through a low, like even though I had a great first five-star at the end of it, well, maybe like a week later or something, I was just like, you know, I was having an existential crisis. So then that makes you reevaluate your values. Um, and, uh, yeah. I would also add on to that, that, when you're trying to establish yourself, right, as a professional in any aspect of the field, right? It doesn't even have to be a horse professional. It could be you are an amateur and you're growing your profession. There is this tendency towards professional success over personal fulfillment, especially in that age gap of early 20s, right? Late teens, early 20s, you have to prioritize, you have to get ahead. That's kind of a cultural standard. And that success at all costs mentality isn't really sustainable, especially in our world where things backfire all the time and plans change all the time. And I think it takes a little bit of time an experience to say, well, if success at all cost is my framework, anytime something goes wrong, I'm not really able to handle it. And I'm not really happy. And if that is the reality of it, I don't want to spend my life not in control of my happiness, not in control of my fulfillment. But if I shift it and I say success is a byproduct of hard work, which I do really value, right? Even if it's maybe the capacity that I did before um, or enjoyment is a value of mine. And I enjoy taking a horse around beginner novice just as much as I enjoy going to the five star. And I enjoy training horses as much as I do going to the big competition it starts to open up the ability to cope with, well, the one horse that I had all this competition success with is retiring and now I have to start all over again or you know, something happened in my life and now I'm dealing with an injury and I'm able to sort of take my mindset and go back and be like, well, this thing that I wanted maybe isn't happening the way I expected it to. How am I handling that? Because the answer can't just be, "Mm, I'm not happy if I'm not reaching my goals. And I think that is a mature 
thing. Yeah. Right. Maturity. Thing. Yeah. I think, yeah, you, you gain that perspective over time <laughs> when you realize you can't control all the things all the time. So you have to figure out a way to uh, enjoy the process more and kind of shift your ideas of success. Right. And it's, and it's not that you don't care about the success. I mean, we talked yeah. about your experience at Maryland this year of like, ah, like I could have, I could have been really a top placing had I not had the run out and I was really frustrated and there's a lot of emotions wrapped mm -hmm. up in the moment. That is all part of the journey. And I think people get mixed up in this little slice in between where it's, we're not focusing just on success. We're not basing our life on our outcomes, but we also don't have to throw those outcomes out the window. Like you're allowed to care about them yeah. and allowed to have emotional reactions to not achieving them. That's part of the human experience. And it's part of human desire to want to achieve and want to chase goals. But it's what do those goals look like for me within my realistic scope of what I'm working with? And, you know, as, as women in the sport, you know, again, you and I are, are not on the child path right now, nor may we ever be, but that's a completely normal thing to say like, well, I'm going to stop for a little bit and I'm going to have a baby. And how is that going to change my mindset about going and doing this sport that is inherently dangerous? And mm -hmm. what, how is that going to change how I feel about myself competitively? And how is that going to change how I feel in my body? And just understanding that Obviously, a baby is like a really clear external force that changes your values and changes your mindset. But those things happen all the time, even when they're not straight in front of your face, like here's this living human child mm -hmm. that you have care of. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Awesome. All right. Fitness. Okay. I feel like this one's a really big one for me um, because I... I love the gym and like, that is no secret. Right. And I almost to a fault. Right. <laughs> like, right. Like, and I, I still like, I joke now I'm like, Oh, I don't work out that much. I I'm at the gym forever, all the time, hours a day. And I used to just be like, let me go as hard as I can all the time. And if I can barely walk, it's a sign of, look at how hard you're working. You're doing so good. And now I'm like, if I can barely walk, I'm like, Ooh, you did too much. Like you've got a lot going on in your life. And I, there's almost tension when I say this, because I do hate people like I'm getting old. My body doesn't feel like it used to. Um, because I do really think that we have the ability to train and adapt and be fit, um, while we manage our inputs and while we manage our outputs and, being really careful about that. But um, I, I think you could probably agree that riding 10 horses in a day now doesn't feel the same as it did 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, just like for me, lifting some of the heavy weights now in CrossFit doesn't feel the same as it did five years ago. And there are capacity changes also tying into like the priorities, right? Because my priority is to be healthy, um, whereas before I was like, oh, I just want to outperform everyone. And that's where I get my 
success from. I just want to be able to lift the heavier weights and be faster and move faster. And I'm like, I want to feel really good in my body. I want to feel really yeah. healthy. Um, my, my CrossFit podcast, their little catchphrase is like kicking ass into their nineties. Like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And I would, the trajectory of, uh, barely being able to walk into my nineties because I beat my body down so much. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad you've evolved. Cause I was, I was like, Tyler, that is way too much. That is way too much. Um, cause I actually, I feel like I, I'm a little bit reverse of you. So like in growing up, I mean, I've always been like athletic enough. I've done sports and, um, then obviously riding took over, but for me, I was always riding so much. I never felt the need to do any other exercise. You know, yep. I was like, I get plenty of exercise. I'm walking around, I'm riding. Like, you know, I've always been like just a fit kind of person. And so I, I didn't appreciate the uh, importance of cross training and, you know, what really made it really clear to me that I needed to do more was when I had my back injury while I was working for Philip. And, you know, it was a result of like not having the proper core strength, you know, it was also, I'm sure doing all the riding that I do is hard on my back, but, you know, like had my core been stronger, uh, I probably wouldn't have had the issue that I did. Um, so like after that, like, you know, I got my back injected and that kind of let me get over the hump. And then I was able to strengthen my core and I used Pilates, like Pilates was a big help for that. And then I had been doing yoga, but I got more into it um, from there. Cause you've got to find the balance of like, strengthening, but also stretching. Um, so I, I feel like I've actually gotten more into fitness as I've aged, but I I'm never going to be like a hardcore gym person. Like that's just not me. Um, although I do, I do think I need to start lifting some weights because yeah. And maybe you could help me with this. I I'm like such a novice in the weight room. I don't know how to do anything, but at the development program, when we were in Ocala in January, we had a week of training sessions. There was a physio there and she watched us ride and like, uh, gave us some ideas of how we can, uh, better our posture, I guess, and also get stronger in the, in the right ways. Um, so that was really helpful for me. And I, I am riding some bigger, stronger horses now. And I'm like, I'm not a very big person. So I'm like, I need to figure out how to be a little bit stronger in, in the right ways to uh, use my position better on those horses. So that's kind of a long way of saying how my fitness has evolved, but I'm actually seeing more value and more fitness as I age. So yeah, yeah, no, and 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 honestly, um, you know, the whole CrossFit protocol is like, hey, you need to squat because you need to be able to use the toilet, right? Mm-hmm. And you need to push press because you want to be able to reach that stuff that's on the high shelf. And they're very, very functional movements, um, which is mm-hmm. what I like about it. And when you take it to the level of this is what the CrossFit athletes are doing 
I mean, when will I ever need to functionally walk on my hands? That's not a skill that I ever achieved. <laughs> like, yeah, I, if I had continued to go down the CrossFit performance path. I'd be like, oh yeah, I got, I gotta like teach myself how to walk on my hands. Um, and for the most part now, like even if it's handstand pushups in the workout, I think I'm like, what's the value? Again, that value word comes up. What's the value in me doing handstand pushups today? And I'm like, mm, I think it might make my shoulders really sore. And I actually have to teach the kids later and do two more hours of jujitsu. So instead of doing that, I'm going to still get a workout in. I'm going to still get a sweat on. I'm going to still reap the benefits of exercise, but I'm not going to blow out my shoulders just to, mm-hmm. I did this hard thing. And again, there is a line of pushing yourself and doing hard things and the mental toughness things that we've talked about in the past. Those are all important but just finding the extent. And I think this is a subcategory of fitness, but I think it's worth mentioning too. Um, we do have to deal with injuries differently mm-hmm. as we're getting older, right? Uh, before it was just like a chip on my shoulder of like, hey, like, look at this like bone that I broke and I'm back in the saddle and everything's great and awesome. And you just bounce back and you do the things. And yeah, uh, I mean, I know y- even you recently we're like my meniscus is torn and I'm gonna get back in the saddle <laughs> so I can compete at badminton yeah I can compete at badminton and that was because you valued badminton but if you mm-hmm. take a step and it's like all right well what what's what's important right now and also how does that work into my framework for my life because I think the the thing that I fear is that I'm like, oh, this thing that's really, really important to me right here and right now, I'm going to push myself and I'm going to push my body to do it. And then I'm going to regret it. And I I joke with everyone um, about seeing some of the five-star riders uh, that are, that are big name Olympians, uh, watch them get on their horses, like watch them. (laughs) It does, it doesn't look comfortable, right? It doesn't look comfortable. Oh, Yeah for the horses. And again, like, that's great. They, they've made that decision to say, Hey, I value being on the team, right? I value Mm -hmm. performance. And I think when you use the model of elite sports as success in your life, you have to ask yourself, like, how elite of an athlete are you actually? And do you want to be? The chances are, there's like 5% of the population that really needs to be doing that. Um, And something that my favorite sports psychologist, Dr. Michael Gervais always says is that in elite sports, there is a line between performance and wellness and you have to Mm -hmm. and you have to say performance is more important than wellness. And for us having this conversation, I mean, like, again, you can be on teams and still prioritize wellness there just has to be that expectation of how am I balancing these two things? Yeah. Yeah. And just one quick point on um, injuries, because I had something happen uh, to a working student of mine. She fell off her horse, had a concussion, like, you know, she didn't get knocked out, but like she, she definitely, she went to the doctor, she had a concussion and she is such a hard worker. She wanted to be back in the barn like the next day. And I was like, look, we, (laughs) I'm like, you cannot ride a horse for two weeks. Like you absolutely can't get on a horse. 
you know, you need to give yourself several days to just try to heal your brain a little bit. And it was like fighting the whole, I mean, not really fighting, but like, I had to tell her to not come into the barn. I was like, I do not want to see you in this barn. And I'm like, I don't want you today. I want you in, you know, next year. And if you rush the healing process, especially when it comes to your brain, like that's only going to make it harder later. And I think, you know, she's obviously quite a bit younger than me. And I do think that that's part of the maturing and aging process. Like now I'm like, if I have an injury, unless I have something like really big coming up and if it was a brain injury, like you don't mess with that, but like, you know, my meniscus, that wasn't that bad. But anyway, my point being is like, it's not worth rushing the healing process because being good or kind of good, like making it happen now isn't necessarily a good long-term plan, you know, for your longevity in the, in the sport and just in life. So that that's what I will say to any youngsters listening, give yourself time to heal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, I, I think you hit the nail on the head with all of those conversation pieces and, and, Honestly, a big undertone of this entire conversation is awareness, right? Awareness of why you're doing what you're doing so that you can make the right decisions and adjust accordingly. Um, With that being said, I feel like nutrition, we might get some boxing gloves out for this, Emily, because I know you're going to disagree with the point that I'm going to make, but it's okay because we're all comfortable with and, and varying opinions. And I think it's an important part of growth. Um, But when I think of aging and athletics, one of the biggest topics of conversation that comes through with all of the nutrition professionals that I've worked with um, and all of the research and knowledge that is available to me um, is that really experts recommend that that protein should be increased as you age because holding on to muscle mass becomes even more difficult. And so I'm going to play devil's advocate. It it can be plant-based protein, right? But it does become Mm -hmm. very, very important. Um, The actual recommendation, especially with the older adults and the aging athlete is 1.2 to 2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight each day. Um, So that conversion, you know, it's not, it's kilograms. So you have to do some calculations there. Um, again, I, I've been really connecting with a a local nutrition expert. Um, and she's very big into the pre menopause hormones that even start to happen like in your thirties. Uh, so Mm -hmm. Pre-menopausal hormonal changes can start to happen for women. Um, and again, this is kind of a conversation geared towards women, but sorry, there's a lot of women equestrians out there. Uh, it's just a fact. Um, women need more protein. And across the the CrossFit community and some of my older CrossFit friends, that's kind of been the, the same thing is like, you need more protein, you need more protein. Again, can be plant-based protein. I know there's, there's plant-based articles that say we don't need as much protein as we think, but it is a legitimate concern of continuing to keep your muscle mass and muscle mass is really linked to health and longevity. So you're welcome to share your nutritional. I mean, yeah, no, actually it's funny because like, you know, not that long ago, I was just like, protein isn't as important as people think, because like I've listen to some different vegan podcasts and like read some different literature that people are like, if you're eating a well-balanced diet, 
you should be getting enough protein. Right. And so that was kind of, you know, like I had heard enough arguments for that side that I was like, yeah, okay. But then for me personally, I was, um, I don't know. I just was feeling kind of lethargic, you know, and like, I, I think I eat a pretty well-balanced diet, but I just wasn't finding enough energy and like having the farm down here, I was doing a lot more riding, uh, and just like, you know, going all the time. So I actually started adding more protein into my diet and it's, it's plant-based, but, um, uh, it, it was helpful. Like in the morning now I put two scoops of protein powder in my oatmeal and like, I notice a big difference. And, um, so I do think that actually more protein, uh, is probably the way to go, especially as you age. And cause I have read a lot of literature that says as you age, you do need to increase the protein, just like you said. So I I'm not going to fight you on that point. I'm going to say it's more for me. I, I like more, um, plant protein, but actually if we're being a hundred percent honest, I have started adding some like fish into my diet. I don't eat a lot of it, but occasionally I'm like, you know what? I just feel like I need some salmon, you know? And that's, that's another evolution of, uh, just my mindset and well, my mindset around nutrition basically, and not feeling like I have to be in this box of like, I'm a vegan. I only eat, you know, plant stuff. And, uh, I think you can, you can find a balance and whatever you choose, whether you choose to be full vegan or like me, I'm, I'm a little bit flexitarian. I mean, I'm not going down the other animal path, but you know, I'll throw, I'll have a piece of salmon every once in a while. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I am. And, uh, yeah, I think it's okay to, to change how you think about things. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I think of, I think about, you know, watching the working students that come into the barn and, and what they brought to fuel them through the day. And it's yeah. like, oh my God, like, what are you eating? Right. And then I think back to what I ate when I, I was their age and, you know, yeah, I'm pretty, I've always loved vegetables. So I've always had like vegetables and hummus and like all of that. But I mean, it, it's not, it wasn't rare for me to have Doritos and gummies and you know all the crap mm-hmm. the day as well and to be honest like I still like that kind of stuff right I don't eat it every all once time. in a while yeah but it's not like it's not like I, I'm waking up and here's my bag of Doritos that's I sit at the tax stall and that's all I right. the day um but I don't think nutrition is something that I would have paid attention to had I not been diagnosed with celiac disease and so that kind of forced me to pay attention to it and I think a lot of people will hit this kind of age where it's like, oh gosh, like things aren't clicking the way that they suppose they're supposed to. Or like you said, I'm feeling a little bit lethargic. So listening to your body and making the changes. And again, just doing an inventory with yourself on this is what's important now. And if I'm not feeling good, how can I change something that I'm doing in the input side to get the X put X? Why am I saying X put? Um, I think you're thinking like exit. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure, but output would be the correct word. Um, Anyway. Unity. um, Again, kind of a quick tip for this, um, but I just really feel like 
you've got your friends and as you change your values, uh, your environment is very important, right? So if you're growing and evolving and saying, you know what, I'm not 19 years old anymore. I want to get eight hours of sleep before a horse show. And your friend is like, nah, we're going out to karaoke tonight. Mm -hmm. That not be someone that fits into your life anymore. And that's just the sad fact, but we are a product of who we surround ourselves with and who we spend time with. Um, so just being aware of how, who you spend your time with might affect, um, the way you're able to live your life. And that's something that I'm really happy that I found in, in my life partner that I'm getting married to this year. Like we have just like such similar values, like, and it's, yeah. it's like what time we wake up and go to bed and like what yeah. we want to do fun on the weekends. Yeah. I mean, that makes a huge difference. And I think you kind of summed that up perfectly. Um, I will just a funny little side note. So, you know, me, like I like to have a good time. I used to like, like to party a lot, uh, not in a bad way, but you know, just like I could go out, you know, pretty late at night and then show up to work the next day and, and still crank out the horses and whatever but now I've definitely changed like I'm like by nine o'clock I really want to be in bed you know 10 at the latest but I saw this uh reel on Instagram and it was about this club in New York City that's like geared towards millennials who want to be in bed by 10 o'clock it's only open to like it's open from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. And there's like music and dancing and, you know, and they have pizza and stuff. But it sounds amazing. I'm like, I need to go there because they. I think their thing was, do you still like to dance and have a good time but want to be in bed before 10? Like, then this is the club for you. And I was like, that is the club for me. So um, maybe we need to go to New York and do that. Yeah, Tommy has one friend that has a kid. So like he always wants to make plans that like start at eight o'clock after the kid's gone to bed. And I'm like, no, like I need to go no to way. bed. No yeah. way. Yeah. 5 p.m. If someone makes a dinner reservation for seven o'clock, I'm like, that's absolutely ludicrous. <laughs> yeah, you're like, no way. Yeah, you have to then really consider how much you want to go. I yeah, I could not agree with you more. So um my language today, because I think I just said ludicrous, and that's a rapper. <laughs> Tyler, that's, your words are my just, words are humble. That's the sign that we should put a bow on the topic of yeah equestrian. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and we'll quickly go into a training and grooming tip and wrap it up. So, do you have okay. a tip for the month? Yeah, uh, my training tip for the month is use more ground poles. Um, I have a lot of young horses at the moment, and sometimes jumping them like their canter isn't always in a rhythm. Right. And like, you know, I do a lot of trot fences just to make them figure out their body. But then when you start introducing the canner, sometimes you're like, well, the canner changed five times to this fence. Like there's no possible way to help them with the distance. So I've started using more canner poles in front of the fence, like set nine feet apart, but I'll put like three or four and it just really helps to keep the canner more consistent to the jump. And, you know, I'll even put maybe on the other side before I turn to the jump, a couple canter pulls to again, help set the the pace and the rhythm. And then hopefully they can kind of keep that into the canter pulls, into the jump. You can also place them on landing, but I've been using a lot more of those and uh, 
it's been helping my young horses. So that is my tip for the month. Awesome. Awesome. Um, my grooming tip for the month, I think I've said it before, but like, I don't, I was, I was thinking about like a very specific thing and, you know, I've said like, Hey, like if you're going to, um, groom or ride, like make sure you set up for yourself and make sure like the saddle's in the right place, the bridle's in the right place. And this is an oddly specific tip, but I was just thinking about the stress of opening like the hoof oil can when you're like ready for like, and the, it's like the last thing you're going to do before the horse yeah. heads off massage and whether you're doing it yourself or you're doing it for your rider, um, there's nothing worse than being there. Like, Oh, I can't open the hoof oil can mm-hmm. because it's somewhat fused onto the top. Yeah. Um, so like crack that baby open, especially if you're the one competing before you get your white breeches on. So you don't accidentally like get hoof oil all over yourself as you're opening it. And I don't know, I've just sat there and like had a rider staring at me because they're like, I need to go like trying to get the foil open. So that, that, that was my- that's a great tip. I love it. So easy to implement, like fantastic. That baby open, screw it back. So it doesn't spill, but like not super tight not and- all the way tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Also just like in the, in the sort of scheme of that, always put a sponge between your cosequin buckets because they also that, stick. yeah. Um, another, another hack when it comes to hoof oil is, um, you know how it always just kind of like leaks a little bit around and it gets things. We, we put ours in like a Tupperware container, you know, like just like sit it in there. It's not like fully enclosed, but you just sit it in there. So like, it just gets there instead of in the bottom of your tack trunk or whatever. I mean, I never like when I'm packing for overseas, I'm like, I'll figure out hoof oil over there because I'm not packing this monstrosity with me in the butt. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, in terms of what's next, Emily, I think this is probably going to go out. I think maybe the same day as you're doing something Mm -hmm. in for podcasting, but do you have anything to say about that or share? Yeah. So, um, Monday, I think it's the 26th of February. I'm pretty sure. Um, there were, well, I am a part of it, but, um, I was asked to be a part of Voices in Aiken. It's a new thing. It's their first inaugural event. It's going to be a live podcast with me and, um, another podcaster. And we've got some good, uh, topics we're going to cover and hopefully it should be a really fun conversation. So, um, it's yeah, a live event. They're selling tickets. There's going to be like appetizers and drinks at this event as well. So um, I shared it on my Facebook page. I'll share it again. This may come out the day of, but anyways. I'll make a post on the whole equestrian before this comes out, just so people can kind of see. Um, So if you're listening to this back, hopefully you were able to see that and make it um, because we're not really giving you much time. Uh, Do you have any other events that you're hosting at your farm or just open for cross-country schooling down there? Yeah, uh, we're open for cross-country schooling. Um, I will be hosting a show jump clinic with Grant Wilson, who is the guy I rode with in England while I was over there. He is a coach to many five-star riders. Um, don't want to name drop, but he has a lot of good names that he helps. So, and he always has really great exercises. Um, it's going to be, I think later in March, I don't have exact dates yet, but that's, that's what we have going on. Awesome. And on my side of things, um, I've got a 
What about the Rider Clinic that is local to Chester County, Pennsylvania? It's at Blue Hill Farm um, in, uh, I think it's Coatesville, PA. That is on, hang on, let me check my calendar because I'm not good at dates off the top okay. of my head. That's on March 16th. Um, mm -hmm. And it's in the afternoon, you can register on Strider Pro. And then we've been blasting on all of the podcasts about the whole equestrian lake girl retreat as well, where you're going to get a blend of um, wellness and sports psychology and all the good stuff. And that is May 16th to 19th in Deep Creek, Maryland. So make sure oh, I want to go to that so bad, but I think I'm going to be in Europe. So I know I, know. I was hopefully little... I'll be in Europe. But I will say that someone from Aiken reached out about like a farm that they have that has um, like accommodations as well. Like Ooh, I know you, okay. you obviously have a farm and a venue, but like people could like actually like stay at this place. So potentially yeah. the next Lake Girl Retreat will be in Aiken oh. and that will be awesome. So that would be really cool. Um, awesome. Yeah. Cause it sounds like so much fun. I'm really jealous that I can't be there, but you'll have a good time for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think that uh, sums up this episode. So we uh, hope this gave you some ideas on how to accept the evolution of your, your thoughts uh, and inherent changes that comes with aging and growth in the equestrian industry. Um, as always, we appreciate your feedback, your um, connection, reaching out. I'm always looking for um, recommendations for guests that you want to hear on the podcast. So be sure to send those to me as well as um, recommendations for who you'd like to hear about um, on my Between the Ears series for Eventing Nation. So um, I'm, I'm currently taking suggestions for both. Um, and I think that's about all we got for you. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening. We're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness. And in the meantime, enjoy the ride. Okay, where's the little record button? Sorry We're such that. professionals. <laughs> <laughs>